1: Election College, episode 154. Benjamin Franklin, the politician.
0: Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks. But did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts... Jason Goff and Ben Smith.
1: So Ben, in our last episode, we talked about the early life of Benjamin Franklin, the president who wasn't the president. Sorry to let some of you guys down. Spoiler alert. Ben Franklin was not the president of the United (laughs) States, (laughs) but uh you know, he was off inventing things. He was printing things. He was quite the businessman, entrepreneur. And uh, he becomes a politician. He becomes an activist. And anytime you're traveling here in two and four, <laughs> you're going to uh, pick up some ideas. And that's exactly what Benjamin Franklin does.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So his first kind of step out into public service is actually with the Union Fire Company. And it's one of the first volunteer firefighting companies that there was in America. And that was back in 1736. And then in that same year, he prints up a new currency for New Jersey. He's got all these anti-counterfeiting techniques that he's come up with. And he's like, well, New Jersey seems like a good place to test this out. I think I'll do that. So he's really an advocate for paper money throughout his whole life. And, you know, this is kind of contrary to many people who were not, who were more in uh, support of gold as money, not just paper that's backed by gold, but actually people, you know, gold coins and stuff like that. So uh, he's really a, a big advocate for, Paper money,
1: And then he goes on to get involved in education, because he really believed that that was important. He himself had not had much of a formal education. In 1749, he prints a pamphlet that he actually wrote. It's called Proposals Relating to the Education of Youth in Pennsylvania. And he was appointed president of the academy that he helped found in uh, Philadelphia, which eventually becomes Pennsylvania University. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. He um, is appointed the president of the academy in 1749. And the school opens up in 1751. Then he goes on to do all kinds of stuff in the political realm. He is elected as a councilman in 1748 for the city of Philadelphia, becomes a justice of the peace, and was elected to the Pennsylvania Assembly in 1751. In
2: 1753, he gets appointed as the Deputy Postmaster General of British North America. That's kind of like a pretty stinking big deal. Uh, It's the whole colony, or colonies, I guess you could say. And he's really in charge of a lot of the reforms that happened during that time period and that have still kind of felt consequences today, uh, with the mail being sent out every week. So, hey, thanks, Ben Franklin, for our our current mail system. It's, it is a lot. Uh, there is a lot of it that is directly related to what he did. In 1751... Ben Franklin and Dr. Thomas Bond got together and took a charter from the Pennsylvania legislature and established the Pennsylvania Hospital. And believe it or not, that's the very first hospital in the new country, the United States of America, or what will later become the U.S.
1: And he, again, gets more and more involved with this whole deal of morality. Uh, He publishes a textbook, of moral philosophy uh, from Dr. Samuel Johnson. And, uh, of course, it's going to have a Latin name, right, called the Elementa Philosophica. <laughs> and it's um, a, a book that's going to be taught in new colleges to replace courses in denominational divinity. So this is kind of a, I guess the best way to put it, is more of a moralism just because, rather than it being based out of Uh, The Bible. And uh, that was something that we hadn't seen yet happen, uh, at least stateside or colony side, (laughs) as it were. So in June of 1753, um, Franklin and a couple of others um, decide to come up with a new concept of a college. And Colleges up to this point would have taught classes in other languages, probably more than likely Latin. But the classes in this model would be taught in English, and subject matters would be taught by professors who were specialists in a particular subject. And um, there was no religious test for admission to these colleges, or this concept, and uh, several schools came out of this. Notably, um, the former King's College, now called Columbia University in New York, and um, Pennsylvania, uh, the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and Harvard and Yale give him honorary degrees because of all of this high-tech way of laying out colleges. Well,
2: and it's really influential, too, because the college that he founds goes on to be really influential in... The matter of the founding some of the founding documents and uh, in the Declaration of Independence you know you've got all these signatures over one third of the men who had attended college who signed the declaration were affiliated with the college that Ben Franklin helped found so that's I think that stands to say he he did a little bit of something for something uh, <laughs> yeah in seventeen fifty four Ben Franklin is like you know what I'm going to go up to Albany to the Albany Congress here with uh, a delegation from Pennsylvania, and uh, have a little rendezvous. And the Board of Trade in England had had actually requested that this meeting be had, and they wanted to improve relations between the French and the Indians. And of course, there's a there's a plan that's put in place, and it doesn't get adopted. But uh, this goes forward to help um, some some of the parts of that document that they had proposed found their way into the articles of found their way into the articles of confederation and then eventually into the constitution. So it
1: still played its part. Yeah. And in 1756, Franklin organizes the Pennsylvania militia and uh, yeah, he's recruiting soldiers to go into battle against the native Americans who were trying to rise up against the colonies And uh, get this, Ben, Franklin was elected as a colonel of the Associated Regiment, but he's like, no, (laughs) no thanks. (laughs) I think I'll go back to London and study something or do something.
2: So from the mid-1750s to the mid-1770s, Ben Franklin is in London a lot. And of course, he does go there on a political mission, but, uh, you know, he starts doing some experiments and meeting people and, you know, just kind of... Frolicking all over the place, I guess you could say. (laughs) Uh, Ben Franklin also becomes the Speaker of the Pennsylvania House in May of 1764. And it's funny because Ben Franklin, like, usually he got stuff pretty right. But at one point he was like, you know what? Let's get rid of this government that we're doing over here in America. Let's just have a royal government. We all know we want to. And they were like, no, we kind of... We're kind of leading the way from that pretty hard here. And maybe in like 10 or 15 years, we're probably going to go to war over that.
1: So let's just not. Yeah. So he's defeated in October 1764 for the assembly elections. And uh, yeah, he gets sent over to England again. And he is trying to end this struggle that's happening with the Penn family um, regarding the proprietorship over the colony.
2: He is in London and he's opposing the Stamp Act of 1765. Hopefully you you remember what that is from past episodes. And it passes anyway. He's not able to get it stopped. And Pennsylvania, people are like, hey, um, why did you support this? We're going to burn down your house. (laughs) And (laughs) and, uh, he was able to then, you know, kind of harness some of that energy into getting it repealed.
1: Yeah. So with all of this going Back and forth between London and Philadelphia, he really becomes the leading person who's going to speak up for American interests in England. And he writes some essays about how the colonies need representation and so on. And, well, Georgia, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, they're all like, hey, will you be our agent to the crown? Franklin's like, okay, I'm here in London anyway, might as well, right? <laughs> So Franklin's over there in London, and he's traveling to all parts of Scotland. He's going to Ireland. And he's seeing some of the bad things that are happening, especially in Ireland. I mean, he is seeing how the British treat the Irish. And he's like, this could happen to the colonies. This is not cool. So he ends up going hard after having the colonies have more representation one of his big arguments was that americans had already contributed a lot to the british empire and parliament is trying to tax the colonies because they need to pay for the french in in war and uh franklin says that um hey england what you're doing is wrong i'm going to say you need to be deposed. So in 1773, <laughs> Franklin publishes a couple of satirical essays, which we know that he's really good at. And one of them is called, quote, rules by which a great empire may be reduced to a small one. <laughs> so um, we know from this point forward, Franklin is a patriot.
2: So Ben Franklin gets back to Philadelphia. He goes back on uh, May 5th, 1775. He's done a couple of trips over to Great Britain. And he gets back and he's like, oh, holy crap. There's a war going on. The American Revolution (laughs) has begun. And you know, this is after Lexington and Concord and everything. And and the militia had trapped the British Army inside of Boston. And, uh, of course, that's his hometown. So he's hearing about that as well. And the Pennsylvania Assembly is like, um... Hey Ben Franklin, could you go to the Second Continental Congress? We know you just got back from uh from England and all that, but we we kind of want you to go a lot. So, of course, he goes and he's like, I'm just going to chill here in the back row. Hopefully nobody'll see me. I'll just do what I need to do, and all of a sudden he gets appointed to uh, the Committee of Five, which drafts the Declaration of Independence, so he was right back in the thick of it, and he he was kind of out of the mix a little bit because he had some health issues, uh, had had developed gout and uh, wasn't able to go to most of the meetings. But uh, he did make some of the most important changes that were uh, sent to Thomas Jefferson then,
1: yeah. And he's the one who replied to John Hancock. About, well, John Hancock's like, hey, we need to hang together. And Franklin said, yes, we must indeed all hang together. Or most assuredly, we shall all hang separately. Can you imagine? I mean, Franklin, he's what? He's in his 70s or approaching his 70s at this point. And he's, he's even a hipster as an old man. Just saying cool stuff and
2: letting it float. Why not? Yeah. You may know that the Second Continental Congress establishes the United States Post Office and says, "Hey, Ben Franklin, you're the United States Postmaster General. Good luck." And of course, Ben Franklin had been a postmaster for a long time before that, and had been uh, kind of an easy pick. And they, you know, rope him into doing some other committees and everything. And then, come 1776, they're like we need someone as, like, an ambassador or something to go over to France. So, of course, he goes over to France, and, well, there's a lot of stuff he's doing over there. He's active as a Freemason. Uh, He's uh, advocating for religious tolerance. Uh, He's going to other countries in America's name, such as Sweden, and uh, I think Germany at one point as well. And He's just having kind of a whirlwind of a time here in his old age, and he he takes his his grandson with him, William Temple Franklin, and he even helps negotiate the Treaty of Paris in 1783 um, before he comes back home in 1785.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, all of this is going on, the revolutionary Benjamin Franklin. So we had mentioned William Franklin in the last episode, the eldest son of Benjamin, and he's over colony side, (laughs) the North America, he is staying loyal to the crown through all of this. He was the Royal governor of New Jersey and he gets deposed because of the revolution, of course, and he and his father really never reconcile over this. So the father is the radical and the son is the loyalist. So all of that's going on. I can't imagine what that would have been like. And you know what else I can't imagine is Ben Franklin in France. Uh, There's this um, carving of Franklin with this crazy fur hat on. And uh, he really charmed the French with some of his fancy hats (laughs) (laughs) while over there. It's kind of the opposite because, you know, nowadays we look at, Paris, and we're like, ooh, they got all the fashions and all that stuff. Well, back then, the French thought, hey, the New World people, they're kind of cool. And um, they were just taken with Franklin.
2: We got to steal it back. That's what happened. France stole all our, our looks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ben Franklin. So in 1785, when Ben Franklin comes back home, he's like the eagle. He's like the bald eagle of America, which is kind of funny because he actually didn't Uh, root for the bald eagle to be the American symbol. But anyway, he's like freedom incarnate, I guess you could say. Uh, And he's, of course, he's a delegate to the Philadelphia Convention. Uh, He is the only founding father who signed all four of the major documents. And, of course, that includes the Declaration of Independence, the Treaty of Alliance with France, the Treaty of Paris, and the U.S. Constitution. And then in... 1785, there's this special ballot that's taken, and he is unanimously elected the sixth president of the Supreme Executive Council of Pennsylvania. And of course, this is really just the office of governor, but he becomes the president of Pennsylvania. So I guess, Jason, we're wrong. He was a president, but not not a president.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be a jerk and somebody comes up to you and says... Ben Franklin was never president, and then you could. You could be the not-so-nice person who says, he was president <laughs> of Pennsylvania, you know, and then everybody will look at you like, you're an idiot. Yeah, But, yeah,
2: he was. So we kind of briefly mentioned that uh, Ben Franklin had some, like, ethereal, not-quite-concrete beliefs, and we were not really sure. Uh, ben Franklin considered himself a deist, and also a christian at the same time. So there are a lot of things that are attributed to Ben Franklin uh, as far as what he said about you know freedom of religion or about religion in general and there are a lot of things that are disputed about him. But what we know is that he himself described himself as both uh, a christian and a deist, which if you're not aware those are kind of hard to reconcile with each other, but that's what he that's what he named himself, so I guess that's what we have to go off of.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, uh, George Whitefield, he would be going all around North America and preaching these fiery sermons and it would just captivate audiences. And Franklin loved to hear him preach. Like, he just thought, man, this guy is super talented. Didn't necessarily agree (laughs) with what he was saying, but he was just like, hey, this is kind of, if nothing else, entertaining. And he ended up publishing Whitfield's sermons, and helped the this you know Protestant evangelical movement, um, which we know as the Great Awakening. Yeah. Raised a lot of money for it.
2: Jason, I forgot to mention that uh, on July 4th, 1776, Congress had actually got together and appointed a committee, which included uh, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams to get together and design the seal of the United States and Ben Franklin, which they didn't end up using his idea his motto on the great seal was rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. And he puts this scene on it from the Bible with Moses and the Israelites and the pillar of fire and George the third, the King is Pharaoh on it. And it's like, oh. it's like, uh, we're going to get away from you no matter what you evil Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, they of course didn't adopt that one and it became something else of course, but you
1: yeah, know, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, this is backing up just a little bit with his life. But, you know, we talk about the moralism, but at the age of 20, he wrote these 13 virtues. And I, I love this because, you know, he had, uh, well, we'll just say them real quick. Temperance, silence, order, resolution to perform what you ought to perform without fail, what you resolve, uh, frugality, industry, and so on. But he didn't try to do all 13 virtues. <laughs> At the same time. So <laughs> I like this because, you know, like number 10, cleanliness. You know, so if he's working on cleanliness, then maybe temperance wasn't necessary. Wasn't high up the on the list. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but sometimes I wonder, you know, if you're making a New Year's resolution, um, you could have 13 resolutions, but maybe just work on one at a time. There you go. I like that. Just a thought.
2: He probably just knew I'm not going to be able to keep up with all these, so I might as well just pick one and go with it. So Ben Franklin suffered from a lot of different health issues and uh, specifically obesity throughout his middle of his life and in his later years, and uh, he got worse as he aged. And after he signed the U.S. Constitution, um, you know, he really didn't go out much after that, and so he, uh, he died on April 17th, 1790. He was 84 years old, and about 20,000 people come to his funeral, and he is buried at Christ Church Burial Ground in Philadelphia. Uh, have you, I'm sure you've seen that Jason, haven't you?
1: Yeah. A number of times. And, um, I think there's something, there was something in the news recently about, you know, telling people not to throw pennies on his grave. Yeah. Cause yep. like I it was think it cracking. Was cracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. if you go, uh, you know, if you go to independence hall and you're in that area where the constitution center is and everything, you can very easily locate, uh, his gravesite, but don't throw yeah. a penny on it. Right. There's a lot of
2: other um, prominent people that I've seen. I remember walking through and or walking around, actually, and seeing all the different uh, people who were buried at Christchurch Burial Ground. It's pretty interesting. Kind of a interesting place for him to be buried as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Hey, Ben, um, several years ago, do you remember that game show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh-huh. There was a question about which person had a state named after them and it wasn't anyone like you know washington had a state named after them Um, you could say that other people might have had indirectly something named after them but uh, there was actually a movement in 1784 to create uh, some land that was west of the appalachian mountains call it the state of franklin it would have been taken from the state of north carolina
2: that's Pretty crazy. It's kind of cool too. It's kind of a cool piece of history to say I live in a state that is not a state, was never a state, but it's a state.
1: Yeah. So if you are in East Tennessee and uh, there's eight counties and, um, you know, some of those towns that we would know as Greenville and Jonesboro, you're actually in a territory that a group of people. Wanted to get together and secede from North Carolina and call it Franklin. They they also wanted to call it the State of Franklin, and that's like F R A N K L A N D, which is awesome.
2: But <laughs> so there you have it, Ben Franklin, quite the influential guy. And of course, there are about a billion things about him we didn't say. Uh, you know, you'll see him on your money, you see him on uh, postage, you see him everywhere <laughs> if you go to Philadelphia especially you'll see him everywhere uh really influential guy he was not a president of the United States but he was very very influential in our country's founding and therefore we wanted to give him uh, a couple episodes to talk about him
1: yeah hey thanks everybody for making 2016 a really great year i know it's been a rough year for a lot of people but for election college Uh, Well, it was our first full year. And uh, Ben, thank you very much for co-hosting and producing the podcast.
2: Yeah, and thank you for uh, being a part as well and doing research and social media and stuff. And speaking of social media, everybody, we want to uh, remind you that we are on social media and we love interacting with you. So head on over to any of your favorite social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter look up election college and we'll be there to with our, our bright smiling faces to greet you.
1: Yeah. And don't forget if you want to give us an awesome new year's gift, that would be to head over to iTunes. Just go to electioncollege.com slash review and you can leave a review. It helps the podcast grow on the charts. It helps us get more exposure in iTunes when you leave a review. So if you get anything, at all from the podcast, please take the 33.8 seconds it takes to leave a review. We'd really appreciate it.
2: And don't forget to go over to electioncollege.com store and pick up one of our logo shirts. Of course, you can still pick up an ugly Christmas sweater uh, if you'd like to for next year or just for fun, but uh, make sure to pick up one of our logo shirts. They're there available for you and uh, you can tell all your friends about your favorite podcast. We'll see you next time.